Okay, let's go to our Bibles to the book of Genesis. We are looking at creation as the foundation. And today we're going to look at the fall and the cross. Uh, so Genesis chapter 1. And Darren, can you kick it, off, kick it off for us, please, with verse 31. Genesis 1, 31? Indeed. Right back near the beginning. Uh, where we are in. God saw that he had made... God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Okay, so when God creates the world, in what condition does God describe the world as being? It says chaos. Tohu bohu is the word used. There you go. We've got, we've got a, wow. a, he, That's a Hebrew word. A Hebrew expert in our presence this morning. And, um, I haven't studied that word. To, tohu bohu. I love studying Hebrew at college. It was my favourite favorite subject, actually. That's a that's a very cool word. Um, all right, so it starts off with chaos. Six days later, how does God describe it? Very good, very good. And when God says something is very good, it is very good very indeed. Very good indeed. Yeah, and we get small glimpses of that, like we did with our our science news story this morning, where they found cosmic rays that have no reflection. I, I, I said straight away in time with that story. I said. That's, that's God reflection. That's yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you know, is it is it science detecting the spiritual world? Because the spiritual world is a world that science has never been able to detect. Have we actually physically done that? Has physics because there's there's no law of physics that explains what they are seeing. They are seeing something. They are measuring something. It exists. But it doesn't exist. Yeah, well, God is described as light. I mean, you read the scriptures through and you find that no one has actually looked on the face of God and survived it. Um, because God is light. Yeah, and the light is so intense. I mean, I think that Moses saw the hem of God's garment pass by and he had to wear a veil for days afterwards because no one could look at him. <laughs> that was Moses. No one could look at Moses. His yeah. face was shining so much. So, so if this is if it's what it is, this could be the reflection of creation. Yes. Yes. Okay, so this is yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go with this research. I hope they I hope they take it a lot further than what they have. I hope they open their Bibles, have a read. Yeah. <laughs> Bible talks about the New Jerusalem it and the Bible says answers. that it has no need of the Son because the Father and Jesus are there. Mm. They emit mm. enough light. Yeah, there's plenty enough light without the sun. It's kind of like, wow, you know, if you've got somebody hanging around who is emitting that kind of light that just sort of radiates around the entire world to the point where you don't need the sun, that's, that's pretty incredible. That's... I love gardening at night sometimes when you get the full moon. You can almost see everything. And I, I, I get home sometimes and it's like, oh, I wish I'd get in the garden. The moon's shining. I just go out there and keep gardening. Nice. <laughs> No. Does the job beautifully. Okay, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, uh, please, Liam. Genesis chapter 2, 15 to 17 says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Okay, this is an interesting situation and, and you kind of you kind of ask yourself the question could god have made it could god possibly have made it any easier for human for human beings he just said he's Don't created a whole world well, I, I asked the question well why put the tree there make it easy no tree no, okay. no temptation ah good question 
All right. So what, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this one? I'll be keen to hear from uh, the wise minds in the studio here this morning. Why not just leave the tree out? Yeah. Not give human beings Make it easy. freedom of choice. <laughs> Well, that would, that would go, it would be like God would be playing a video game sort of thing. He'd have control over everything. He would be the one that would be guiding everything. And, um, you know, for a while it might be okay. It might be fun. But after a while, you want them to do their own thing. You want them to have the freedom and the opportunity mm, mm. to make their own decisions and to go their own way. Okay, so I've never played video games since I think uh, Pac-Man was out. Um, <laughs> Nokia Snake was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, the Mario, the guy with the bricks, yep. um, he was pretty good. But, so I haven't played video games since then. But video games, you know, you see stuff and it's pretty real these days. It is you've probably, you've probably played them in more recent times. We, we won't get you to confess on air, don't worry. Um, but they're still, you build- they're still controlled in the outcomes that... You can get out of them. There's, there's certain choices, certain outcomes. Um, would, would you consider the the, the people that the, the, the characters on the screen to be your friends? Um, do you do they love you, and do you love them, and do you experience a relationship? No, absolutely not. They they don't care about you. They they I mean, some might be able to say, "Oh, but it is me." Well, no, it's not. You 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 don't look. You don't have six arms. You don't have three eyes. That's not you. And you can't do all those kung fu moves that they do. You can't do all those things. No, you can't. But another thing that I just thought of is, so we're we're controlling the the little game person. What about the person that created the game? Do they sort of have control over us? Now that's an interesting thought. And is their freedom of choice the opportunity for us to play the game or not play the game? Because although we do have the freedom of choice to make choices in the game, yes. we only have a limited amount of choices. Yes. Yes. And, and those, more time, that, the more num- times those number not, of choices are created by the person who made the game. And more times than not, those choices end up in the same destination anyway. Yeah, and but it's interesting. We talk video games all morning too, because this is one of the things I study. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, <laughs> but, um, we've diverged off the topic here, but let's but, stay diverged for a minute. But the near miss, the, the creators create it, so it's a near miss. You almost get that. You almost get there. So they want you to keep coming back and playing again and again and again and buying the add-ons and updating whatever else and paying your money. So, like so it's all created to control. It, it is, I think you're right, Liam. It's created to control, to make you addictive, so that you keep coming back and, and playing and playing and playing and and the ads are in there for them to make the money. So it's all about making money. Okay, so human beings create puppets. Yeah. But God does not create puppets because God creates real power of choice. And only real love can be seen in that. That's right. Because the power of choice is what creates love. And when those choices are limited, the moment, the moment you place a limit on those choices, you've actually eradicated love out of the equation. And so the game created does not love you, neither do the people on the screen love you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Okay, so coming back to the Garden of Eden, then, if we look at the tree that was placed there, it was placed there so that human beings could have the power of choice. And by giving human beings the power of choice, God created the possibility and the well, we created the reality of love for human beings so that human beings could both love him and he could love them, that there could be a love relationship. Love doesn't exist without the power of choice. Mm-hmm. But let's think about it. I mean, our, our world for us as a human being is a rather large place. 
And on the entire planet, there's only one tree. That's it. <laughs> there's plenty Just of one to tree. choose from. You know, and, and, and this is why I ask you know, this question. Could God have made it any easier for human beings? No. Now, he didn't put the, the tree on the other side of the world. He didn't make it hard because he was being realistic about right giving the us the power of choice. He puts it in the middle of the garden for sure. We get that. Um, but at the same time, there is a whole world and there is only one tree. They literally had the world at their fingertips. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 3. And Darren, we'll go back to you. Um, let's, read the, let's read the first four verses here. Chapter 3, yep, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And then the serpent turns around and he tells the first lie. You will not die. What a telling that lie fib. of Indeed. And is constantly putting that seed into our brains. Yeah. Even still. You know, when you think about it from a religious perspective, name a religion that doesn't teach that lie. Yeah. Christianity, the vast majority of Christianity teaches that lie. You will not die. You will go to heaven or you'll go to hell. In either which place, you're going to continue living. Yep. 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 No, you're right. You're right. Um, That lie has been told ever since then. Yep. One of the most effective lives ever uh, foisted upon our planet and uh, has consumed, um, yeah, just about the entire planet. Okay. So the Bible says, if you sin, you will die. Satan says you will not surely die. God is very clearly saying that death is the result of sin. And, uh, okay, well, let's think about this for a moment. Let's say that you own a fruit tree. Uh, Darren, you've got fruit I've trees? I've got 44 of them in my yard. Oh, oh, wow. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> Darren I, I, just I, came here this morning to make me jealous. I have a, I have a persimmon tree. I've just finished eating the last persimmon just now. They've lost the leaves, but... Um, 110 years old, close to it now. Wow. Planted by one of the early pioneers in the area, S.N. Haskell, and is still bearing fruit in my yard. Is it a good bearing tree? Very good bearing tree. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> How good. I've just recently planted an apple tree, and um, obviously it's, it, I found a seed in, inside an apple that had a little bit of a sprout, and I planted it, and I've grown it, and it's, you know, it's about an inch tall at the moment. And I'm just thinking, mate, hopefully one day in 10 or 20 years' time, I'll have people telling similar stories about that with me. I planted this tree. You name it the Liam variety of the, apple. Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, that'll be, that's just an amazing. I love those Should types tell of stories. You, it'll take seven years to fruit if it does it all. But No, just grow it, but it will take seven years to fruit if it does it all. If it does, we'll, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> Might have grass something in for you, but, yeah, yeah. but have fun. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so far, I have. And um, it's going great. Your challenge will be your rootstock. Yeah. Apples grown from an apple seed don't generally have good rootstock. We'll see how we go. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll come back in, in 10 years and 
you might have, the, have the brand new variety going to fruit so heavily that the whole world's going to want what you have and you'll be a very rich man. I'm looking, yeah, I come I'm from Tasmania, so I know a little bit about apples, whereas um, someone from North Queensland, he oh, knows more right. about mangoes. I, I do. nothing about mangoes. And Tasmania, you've been to? So, yeah, I suppose I grew up in Tasmania, so I um, know a little bit about apples and apple trees. Um, yeah, anyway, good fun. Let's uh, get back to our study. Where were we? We were uh, noticing uh, what God said. You will, If you touch this, you will die. The Satan comes along and says, no, you won't die. And here you've really got the origin of the conflict between Christ and Satan here on this earth. And, of course, we can continue reading there. Liam, if you can read for us verse 5 through 7, please. Absolutely. Verse 5 of chapter 3 says, God knows what your eyes will be opened God, sorry, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that, time, at that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Interesting story that you've got taking place right here. I've on occasions had people tell me that if we had never known evil, we would never be able to appreciate good. What's your thoughts on that? I think, I think that um, God's creation said it was very good. He created a, a life for these people to have with him in open communion. I think that was very good that you get, got to see God every evening and morning. Um, I think that um, God is good. And yeah, you look at what's happening around this world, um, even in this COVID pandemic, whatever else, this is this is the result of what happened back there. I think um, we could all live quite e- quite well without evil. Definitely. You know, you think about you think about the last time you went to a fruit funeral. We think about the last time that you stood at a hospital bed and watched somebody that you loved take their last breath. You think about the last time that you um, may have been confronted by somebody who was killed instantly in an accident of some kind, or took their own life through suicide, or is suffering from depression. Yeah. And we ask ourselves the question: Could we live quite fine without all of these things? And could we be happy without all of that? And the only people who want a little bit of evil to be around so that they can appreciate good are those people who are not in the middle of a major crisis. You know, I um. I think that uh, we, we, until Jesus comes back, we're never going to know how good it was. Exactly. And I think if, if, if they hadn't have eaten from the tree, I'd imagine that God would have told stories about what happened to Satan, what happened to the devil, and we'd get an idea. Uh, we'd get a little bit of an idea. Not a full idea, but we'd have an understanding of what evil was. Um, but since it did happen, I think we have a very good knowledge. Sorry, a, a very big knowledge, rather, of evil, but I think we've only we've we've scratched the surface of how good good is. I think that's a I think that's a very very important point um, that we need to you know consider as a part of this whole equation right here is that we have such a low standard of for good. good. Yeah. What is good? Well, what gets me in this story though is the serpent that said come down and starts talking. Wouldn't you? I don't know if the animals talked back then. I don't think they did, but. Um, wouldn't you say, hang on, that's strange. Why is a serpent talking? And wouldn't that warn you to go the other way? This is different? Yeah, it would, it would have to raise some question marks in your mind, wouldn't it? You'd think so. Um, 
But yeah, th- that's what I'm going to say to Eve and get to heaven. So what was with that, Eve? Um, snake starts talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because there are a couple of times in the Bible when animals do talk, it seems that human beings just kind of blase about it because you got when you know donkey the donkey talks to Balaam yep. and Balaam just starts having a conversation. I mean, he must have um, obviously he was very angry at the time and must have been so angry that his uh, all reason had lost him because I think for the average person, if you heard a donkey start to talk to you, you'd be just like, whoa, what's going on? Rather than getting into an argument with a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a strange story too. It is. And what you've got here is, once again, Eve starts a conversation with a snake. And it's just like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's go with Romans chapter 5. There's uh, a couple of important verses over here. Romans chapter 5. And um, Darren, it must be your turn. When we come back from the break, we're going to read verse 12. So if you're turning there right now, go to Romans 5. Also have uh, Romans 6 ready to go because we've got a couple of passages to look at in Romans 6. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith and We were in Romans chapter 5. Before we do, just a quick reminder, this... uh, Saturday morning, 9.30, 10.30, Matt Parra, myself, small group interactive Bible study. And tonight, live Q&A with Sharissa and myself uh, at the end.digital. So please join us this evening and send in any Bible question you want. Darren Pratt has assured me he's going to come up with a doozy to send in for Sharissa. So yep. this will be fun. <laughs> Under the name of Brian. Yeah, it'll be Brian Clark. My Bri- Brian, name. okay, Brian Clark. <laughs> Brian Clark. Hey, not listening. She probably is. <laughs> there is this thing called radio, Darren. The way it works is everybody Everyone's gets to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Romans so, chapter five. Right, Romans chapter five and verse twelve. And Darren, I think you want to read yes, this. Yes, I've got it here. It says, "Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man." And death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. Okay, so how did death enter our world then? What was the means of death coming into our world? Through sin. Through sin. All right, so here's a question. Why does God have the death penalty for sin? Before 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 we answer that one, let me just... Look at it from this perspective. Darren, you've got a, a uh, 44 fruit trees on your property. Let's say that somebody jumped across your fence one night and stole your last persimmon. It has happened. Okay, it, it has happened. I've had my tree stripped a few years ago by someone. But anyway, I never found who did it. But, yeah. Um, would you, would you, would you, um, uh, would you enforce the death penalty on somebody who stole one persimmon? I wish it, but I don't think I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why then does God issue the death penalty for somebody who steals one piece of fruit? We won't call it an apple because we don't know what it was. There is countless other fruit for them to choose from. Okay, and He's told them not to take this one. Okay, when there's plenty, He's, he's provided still, that's, 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 more that's, than enough. That's the death penalty. It is. It's the death penalty for, for a, stealing for a piece fruit. Of fruit. For stealing fruit. You know, I have a friend who has a um, who um, I had a friend who lived next door to an apple orchard. Yep. And people would turn up and just go into the apple orchard with a box and just start randomly picking but apples. There's and, a clause you're allowed to do that. And, and and it used to drive him nuts. 
and so somebody's turned up this one day and they're in the orchard there picking apples and filling up their esky and filling up these boxes and he's like right that's it and he was on the forklift when he saw it happen so he goes tearing down the road on the forklift puts the forklift under the car lifts it up as high as he can switches the forklift off and walks back and goes back to work (laughs) (laughs) so that happens in cans as well with uh, well I don't know if People don't um, come tipping cars over, but they, they didn't tip it over. He just lifted up. Oh, in they the don't. Air. Just they don't. The but, but I mean, um, people come grabbing bananas and mangoes all the time, and yep. really, there's nothing you can do because most of the time, there's workers aren't everywhere. There's workers there. Well, yeah, that's right. But they're so, not so, everywhere. So you got hundreds of acres of orchard. How are you going to actually actually do? But the law about? is you're allowed to go onto a farm and take what you can eat physically eat at that right. moment but not take boxes but no, y- you're yeah. allowed to go and, and pick some fruit and eat it that, that was the great depression law that's still still in existence still on um, the books wow. i'll remember yeah. that next time i drive past one and just i'll grab one and, and only one or unless maybe maybe two if i'm feeling a little bit more hungry um but only will i yeah, I'll, don't I'll, try it <laughs> i'll only grab, <laughs> i'll just get, guzzle a hole down they say you can really eat that Watch me. <laughs> well, well, the well, in Mildura, I grew up, um, they actually planted fruit trees along the streets. Just so people could... So that people could eat. That's such that, a great idea. Good they planted asparagus along the irrigation channels so that you can go and get what you need to eat and eat it. See, I love the idea of fruit trees as decorative trees in town because they have awesome blossoms. They look amazing in, in autumn when they're... When they're Leaves change colour and there's food everywhere. Well, the streets are named Orange Street and Lemon Street and Olive Avenue and Walnut Avenue. They're all they're all named and originally they had these trees planted along the streets. Do so they we need to still do have that. those trees on the streets? Do they still have those trees some, on the some streets? Some of them do. Some of them do. And I, I used to, I raised my pocket money when I was a kid in Mildura picking wild asparagus along the irrigation channels and selling it. Wow, that's so awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Why don't we do more of that today? Um, our world would be such a better place. Anyway, Romans chapter 5 and verse where, where 12. Sin and sin. the death penalty. Why, why the death penalty for a piece of fruit? Look, at the end of the day, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, it's, it's... Yep. Yeah. We've got lambs dumped. My, my answer would be sin is so foreign and so horrible and... God knows what sin... Oh, I know a lot of what sin does now. I'm living yeah, in we've already, sin. We've I'm not, I'm not, I try not to sin, but we live in a world full of sin and um, we're all seeing around us that's what goes on. Um, but um, I think that God knows the outcome of sin and it's so foreign and so horrible and so nasty and destructive and he hates it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was. I, I, the same thing essentially came to me. that It wasn't that he picked the fruit, it was that he sinned. There's just the sin. Oh, absolutely. The fruit s- had nothing to do with it. No. It was the act. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me toss something out at the moment because we just had this whole C-19 crisis. Let's say C-19 comes along and it is an incurable disease. It has 100% infection rate and a 100% mortality rate so that, given time, it will kill every single person on earth. Now, this is a scenario that is actually a real possibility, and scientists have talked about the possibility of human life ending on Earth as a result of a virus. And this one is pretty bad as it is. Yeah, so let's say, let's say 100% infection rate, 100% mortality rate, and no cure. All right? A so scary let's say, scenario. That's a very scary scenario. How do you stop a virus like that? You can't really. You can. You can. 
you drop a nuclear bomb on the center of the area wherever that virus is Kill you it. turn the whole place into a big glass crater you kill everybody that is a carrier of the virus and the virus no longer exists that's a bit brutal there's a movie about it I'm sure there is it's called Epidemic or something or other came out like 30 years ago yeah, I remember that. That was a scary movie. <laughs> yeah, particularly, particularly in the... It's probably, probably uh, become a little bit more popular since we've been uh, in the middle of C-19. But that is the only solution. Well, that's what they're and saying. It, yeah. Even now they're trying to find the source of this virus. And this is what Australia just passed, um, got through in the World Health Organization, all that stir with us. Um, we want to know where this virus came from and how it came to be and how it came past. We need to know this. So that's what they're doing right now, wanting to know what happened. That's right, because viruses are a threat and sin is like a virus. So let's say that you've got, when sin comes along, sin has a 100% infection rate, you know, because well, the it's, passed, says we're it's all passed on. It's passed on from, from parent to child, you know. Yeah. It's just you know, every human being is going to be infected by it and it has a 100% misery rate. It's going to bring misery to every person. And so the only rate, way that you can get rid of sin is to kill the carrier. Yep. And that's why the wages of sin is death. And, um, and you know, that's, that's God's act of mercy. And, of course, because he wants to then forgive us for those sins, the only solution is because Satan's going to come along and say, you can't forgive those people because you said the wages of sin is death. And but there's a you can't, there. there's you, a can't there. you can't go and you can't go and, 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 and do that do what is merciful, uh, but the gift of God is eternal yeah, life. I'm glad there's a but <laughs> because Jesus came and gave His life to provide the cure for sin. Hmm. And hmm. the question is, okay, now you have a virus, 100% infection rate, 100% mortality rate. But there is a cure if you choose to take that cure. If you do not choose to take that cure, it is too dangerous to leave you alive. Wow. That is the scenario. And that's, that's the simple reality. And so God offers us the cure, the cure today. And that cure comes by his grace alone through his death on Calvary. Uh, why don't you accept that today?